Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up, family? There is one rule on today's show and one rule only. Slick, how do you talk to Joy? Real nice. <laughs> talk to her nice. He got the dub last night. I'm Emmanuel Acho. This is Speak on the far end. That is Slick, Rick the Buker. Slick, how we feeling? Oh, man. Our heat got it done. Oh, oh my God. Come back on. All right. All right. Something tells me that's not very accurate. We'll see how the show goes. Joy, how are we? I'm great. I mean, how are be Eagles all-time Russian leader, LaShawn, Shady, McCoy. He needs no introduction, but I got paid to do it, so I will anyway. What else I got paid to do? Tell you what happened last night. Okay, y'all were watching. It's the NBA Finals. We are all here. Now, the Nuggets, they were up by as many as 15 points last night, but the Heat had their seventh double-digit comeback of the postseason. Now, they're on their way to tying things up. The series is currently 1-1. Jimmy Butler was asked about the team's resiliency and said, quote, I don't give a damn factor. Hmm. Quite the quote, Jimmy Butler said. Now, for my parents at home, y'all know I do not curse. That was Jimmy Butler's words. Those were not Emmanuel Achos. Um, with that being said, Joy, the Heat got the dub. They got it done. What is your reaction? <sighs> you know, I'm just really, I'm grateful. I'm really grateful because, you know, it's... It's always nice to be considered and welcomed. And, <laughs> you know, the heat, we were just, just lucky to get that little letter in the mail mm. inviting us out to Denver mm -hmm. to get the opportunity to play in the NBA Finals. Mm. It was so kind of the NBA and Adam Silver. Thank you. Um, it's just, it's really special, you know, because they needed that. Sometimes you just need to see new places and experience new mm. things. That's true. <laughs> and it just opens up your horizon. Um, I mean, what, what can I say? This is, this is what I thought was going to happen. This is what I said was going to happen. Mm. We talked about it after game one. Everyone was dragging me. Why are you not worried? Delusional. Okay, that's fine. Mm. Or I saw something different. And that's fine. We're, we all take different things away from the game. To me, in game one, they shot terribly. I don't know any team of any level of, without with as many undrafted players as you wanted to have that would shoot that badly and win a game, particularly against a team like the Nuggets. Yeah. What happened in this game? Well, they certainly didn't shoot as badly as they did in game one. No, they The guys didn't. that we didn't think were going to contribute throughout the rest of the series showed up again with them true selves again. Maybe, yeah, they maybe they need to get over the altitude. Maybe they need a little more, you know, Pedialyte. I don't know. But that looked like the heat to me, a mm. team that went through the Eastern Conference well, I know everyone just thinks that this is a sweet thing of the NBA to invite them to the finals. They did actually earn their way there. And I think it was a, it was a fun night for the NBA. It was a fun night. Now, Shady, you watch a lot of basketball. You love basketball. Clearly, Eagles all-time rushing leader. But don't let that take away from your passion for the game. You watch this game closely. 
Are you giving, a heat, giving the Heat a real chance to win the series after getting it done? Yeah, I, I truly do. And not just because of the, the win last night, but, I mean, for, for two series, I won't even count the, the, the Knicks series, but the two series I watched when they beat the Bucks, right, and then they came back and they beat the Celtics, I saw, yeah, you would be a fool not to give them a chance to, to win this series. But then even last night, they did some great adjustments, mm-hmm. right? Now, obviously, they shot the ball a lot better. Um, and they had a tremendous offensive movement. Have you seen a couple times that the, the, the Nuggets were confused with the communication? Oh, should I go with him? Should I go with him? Oh, open three. Boom. Bang. Should I go with the, the, the slasher? Oh, layup. So they did a lot of different things, I, I think, with the um, communication part of, of the movement on offense mm. and gave the, the Nuggets some, some trouble. But also, I want to give some credit to the Heat as they did um, great adjustments. So they started Kevin Love, right? They put mm-hmm. now, now Kevin Love is guarding um, Aaron Gordon. Now they put Jimmy on Jamal Murray. Yeah. And that was cool because I'm like, damn. Now, if Jokic goes out there and balls out, which he did, he had 41 points. But then the other guys wasn't involved. And you put Jimmy now on Jamal. Jamal didn't start heating up until late in the game. It was too late by then. That was a great adjustment they, they did, the move they made. I just think that now, like, when, when I watched this, when I watched the matchup, I said, like, okay, what are they trying to do? Because if you watched game one, Jokic didn't have a lot of points. But he, he only had three buckets going into the halftime. But he had 11 assists. You see what I'm saying? So he affected that game. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take him just to score and he's affecting the game, that's cool. We're going to let you dominate because it's hard to stop Jokic. Mm-hmm. But all the other pieces, we're going to shut them down because we all know this about the Heat. They're going to compete their tail off. Yep. One thing Joy said, I got to give you credit, and I'm going to take that back. <laughs> See, one thing about me, I keep it a 1,000 every day. Talk to me. And if I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I was wrong. That culture is real. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't just tequilas and shots in Miami. <laughs> they really play. They compete. And you can yeah. see it. Like, they brought their defense. And they shot the ball well, so... <laughs> It's going to be a matchup. Slick, before we get to your opinion on things, I know you were watching the tape. You broke down the tape. I think we might have the tape. Based on what Shady said, I think this would be a good time to even show kind of some of the things you saw if if we are ready for it. Um, This would be a good time to show some of the things you saw, Slick, because I still am not yet giving the Heat a real chance to win the series. The reason I'm not yet giving the Heat a real chance to win the series is because kind of what Joyce said, I look at it differently. Okay. They won't shoot as bad as they did in game one. They might not. They shot 33% in game one. For context, Denver shot 29%. But they shot 48% Mm -hmm. in game two. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, I'm asking myself, is that duplicable? Like, can Mm. you do that again and again? Good question. I have the Nuggets winning in six. I did think the Heat would win a game. But I'm thinking to myself, can they repeat this format? Can Gabe Vincent give you 23 again? If not Gabe, can Caleb Martin do it? If not Caleb, can Max Drews do it? Can Jimmy Butler be the second or third plus player on that team Hmm. and them consistently win basketball games? That's why I am not yet going to jump on the bandwagon. Not yet. I'm not sold just yet. And Gabe, for another, another take back. Gabe, he's out of that category of, like, the role players just trying to be undrafted, trying to make it. Yeah, dude. He's a good yeah, player. Dude. He is a good player. He's yeah. a starting poker in this league. He a dude. Slick, where are you at on that as we wait to see if the, the tape is ready? Where are you at on giving the Heat a real chance to win the series? I still do not give them a real chance. I mean, look, if we want to give them a 1%, 2% chance, there's always a chance, right? Uh, because the Denver Nuggets have not played well at all on this stage now is that because they're not prepared to play on this stage it's too big for them then i that's the opening that i would give the miami heat but they i understand now. i was shocked that they lost game two and actually they still almost sent it to overtime as badly as they played and i thought well how the hell did this happen and then i realized 
Mike Malone said, I don't want you guys listening to any social media. I don't want you watching TV because everybody's saying this series is over. You guys rolled in game one. Miami Heat can't play with us. And then I realized they don't have to watch TV or, or listen to social media because they played in the game. They know they didn't play well. And they won going away. So where was the motivation to play harder in game two? They didn't. It was... Mike, Michael Porter Jr. reverted back to when he first came into the league. Yes, he was he a disaster. Contavious Caldwell-Pope was a disaster. You're talking about two starters. Ooh, yeah. The two players, and, and Jokic was good as a scorer. Uh, Jamal Murray was okay. But the only guys that were really played well were Christian Brown and, and, and Bruce Brown. And so I just look at if they play up to their ability. Look, they didn't come anywhere close to playing up to their ability, and they still nearly sent it to overtime in game two. I expected them to be a much different team. Joy, I will acknowledge my bias, and I don't know if I can speak for the bias of Slick as well, though I think I hear it. I won't put words in his mouth. There has to come a point where you and the rest of Heat fans are perturbed at the aspect that we keep saying, well, the Nuggets didn't play well, the Nuggets didn't play well, the Nuggets didn't play well. Mm. Did the Nuggets not play well, and, or are the Heat, in your mind, just... Forcing it. Yes. Like, are the Heat just better than the Nuggets? Or are they capable of beat? Because I still don't think they will beat the Nuggets, but I'm just wondering, as a Heat fan, how perturbed, disgruntled, are we just seeing it wrong? I think you're seeing what you want to see. I think you're seeing what's easy to see. Mm. And put some respect on the Nuggets. They're a great team. You saw them be great for a long time, mm -hmm. like the whole regular season, because they were the number one seed in the Western Conference. We've seen Jokic be the best player on the planet for the last three years, arguably. Yeah. So it's not that you're seeing something that doesn't exist. It's just that the Heat are not what you believe them to be. But I keep making the you know invite joke because I'm trying to emphasize the Heat won the Eastern Conference. That's why they're in the finals. They really weren't actually invited there. In fact, they almost didn't make it to the postseason right. at all. Correct. They beat the Bucks. They beat the Knicks. They beat the Celtics. Mm -hmm. That's why they're in the finals. So at some points, just acknowledge that they had to get through those teams to get here. So it's not an accident that they're here. The other part that I would say, and I'm sure Heat fans are very perturbed. The, the, the culture thing is real. The coaching thing is real. The, the underdog thing, all of that, yes. But I thought about it this morning when it comes to the finals, which we know every series is different. Every series is a different story, different adjustments. Some, some teams are bigger. Some teams are faster. So they're better in transition. But the finals is a very specific series to play in. And experience matters, mm -hmm. which we'll talk about in, yep. in a little bit. You know, coming down to one or two plays, one or two moments might shift the whole series. Mm -hmm. The Heat contributors, not the whole, the whole roster, but the, the players that are playing, have played in 265 more playoff games than the Nuggets. The Nuggets players that are playing right now have played in 352 career playoff games. The Heat have played in 617 Jimmy Butler has played in 116 playoff games. Kyle Lowry's played in 127. Kevin Love has played in 80. That's experience. Now, you might say, Kyle Lowry, he's not the most athletic. Kevin Love, he's not the most athletic. It's Grandpa Love now. Mm -hmm. But experience matters also, the, having those adjustments. And I'm not even talking about Udonis Haslam, who is there on the bench giving advice, helping with adjustments, leaning in, letting somebody know what to do. 
He's 148 playoff games he's played in his career. There is some value to having been here before as well. Shady, let's speak to that, because what was so curious to me, and at home it must have been curious to you, there were roughly 12 seconds left. The clock was dwindling. The Nuggets were down by three. They had a timeout on the board, but they chose not to use it. Head coach Malone, he chose not to use a timeout. He just wanted Jamal Murray and Jokic to run that two-man game, run the quick PNR game, and make a play on their own. I thought to myself, Shady, if you're a head coach and you have a timeout, this is when you as a coach separate yourself. Right. This is when you dial up a play to get an open shot, a more open shot than Jamal Murray going against uh, a great defender, I believe, is Jimmy Butler right there. This is when you as a coach separate yourself. How in the world do you not take a timeout, Mike Malone? Shady, you've played a lot of professional yeah. sports, a lot of professional ball. What was your thought? I, I didn't like it, right? And, and I thought that uh, his response, I didn't like his response either. You know, some coaches I know that they like the, the players to, to play through things, right? Play through adversity or, or last second, hey, look, we don't want the defense to get set up. And, and granted, I mean, he's right because... Miami, they play good defense. But what I did like is, yo, be confident in your guys. You got the MVP. You're a hell of a coach. Mm-hmm. You, draw, you draw up a play. You, everybody's always on the defense. Well, damn, if we do this, what they're going to do? No, don't worry about that. You go out there with your best offensive game playing your scheme, and you run that. Because I, I think if you have a time, okay, take a timeout. What do we really want to do here? Right. We, we need three. Let's get the best shot. Yep. Obviously, they're going to put their best defender on, on, on Jamal Murray, right, and, and who was Jimmy Buckets. Mm-hmm. He played good defense right there. No, let's try to get a play. So I, I didn't really like that. And then, so Joy's point, talking about that, um, 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 having that leadership and, that, and experience, I do believe in that. That does matter. I, I can see a time like this where you, you see um, um, Kyle Larry pointing out who, who the defense assignments. Go here, go here, go here. Or if you take a timeout, let's settle this thing down, yeah. right? Think what they're going to do because every team, if no matter what sport it is, you have scenarios that you practice. Ten seconds on the clock. Hey, what, how, you know, what, what plays you want to run? And I think a time like that, they should have took a timeout, man. They got the best play possible. Yeah, Slick, it doesn't – to me, it was conceding defeat to Eric Spolster's mind. In that moment, head coach Malone was conceding the fact that if I take a timeout, Eric Spolster is better at what he mm, does yes. than I am yes. at what I do. That was why, to me, it was so defeating in that moment because you're essentially saying if I take a timeout, he will outscheme me. I was flabbergasted as a former athlete. What do you make? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say he thought that uh, he was going to get out-schemed as much as he didn't want to bring Spo into the equation. Because he does call a timeout. Now Spo gets to change things up. Maybe he takes Kyle Lowry off the floor defensively, right? Maybe they decide not to have Gabe Vincent on Nikola Jokic. If it was a shorter period of time that they were working with, I see where you call a timeout. Because we got to get something kind of quick, right? With 12 seconds left, being able to come up the floor, you're going to go to your two-man game anyway. You're going to, and I think it is, actually is confidence in Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. You guys have enough time to go find what you want. I'm going to trust that you're going to find it because I'm going to ask you to kind of react to what the defense is doing anyway, right? So 10 out of 10 times, I would do exactly what Mike Malone did. Now, this is the most interesting part for me is that Gabe Vincent was on Nikola Jokic and Jimmy Butler was on Jamal Murray. And if you're asking me, I need to get a three, who would I rather have shooting it? I would rather have Jokic shooting it over Gabe Vincent than Jamal Murray trying to shoot it over Jimmy Butler. And the fact that they didn't go to that well, that goes to a bigger issue I have about who the greatest player on the planet is. Oh, but we'll, oh, no. we'll get to that again some other time. <laughs> well, what we have to get to first are the expectations for Jalen Hurts. Eagles quarterback had a miraculous season. 
last year. But if you think about it, he plays his best when there are no expectations. But this year, they are sky high. Are they too high? Come back for that conversation. But more importantly, remember, you can check us out every day on the Fox Sports channel on Sirius XM. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, Jalen Hurts coming off a second-place finish in the MVP vote. Now, remember, the Eagles, they went all the way to the Super Bowl. They had a fantastic season, and Jalen Hurts led the way. But reports say Philly Field, he can make another major jump, adding they believe he can, quote, be one of those elite precision type of pocket passers. Now, y'all should know at home, I played for the Eagles. Shady played for the Eagles. So I spend far too much time, I would go as far as to say, watching the Eagles, studying the Eagles. Joy, I was thinking about this. To me, there is too much pressure on Jalen Hurts going into the season. I think the expectations are too high. I was a college football analyst before the NFL, and I remember Jalen Hurts, first quarterback at Alabama to start as a freshman in over 30 years. No expectations as a freshman. He was, I believe, the second player in Alabama history to win SEC Player of the Year as a freshman, Offensive Player of the Year. Then he had expectations going into that sophomore year, if you all recall. He was benched in the national championship oh, yeah, game. Yeah. Tua Tungavailoa comes in, looks off, hits Devontae Smith, touchdown, they beat Georgia. Then that next year, once again, Tua stays as a starter. He transfers after that, no expectations. Goes to Oklahoma and finishes second in the Heisman, only to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow went 15-0 in LSU. Fast forward, National Football League. He's drafted in the second round. No expectations. He was inactive week one, y'all. Inactive. He ends up starting the back half of that season. I believe the Eagles won a couple games down the stretch with him as a starter. Wins his first start against the New Orleans Saints. Second year, no expectations, right, because he was a Wildcat quarterback. Did okay, 9-7. and seven. Third year, truly, now the expectations are, A, if you're no good, we got a first-round pick. For Carson Wentz because of you. So truth be told, whether you're good or bad, we don't really care because we got two first-round picks. Thanks for what you've already done. Mm. But then he was a second-team All-Pro. Joy, the expectations for Jalen Hurts are not only as high as they've been in the National Football League for any other player, but they're as high as they've ever been for him. And when I look at Jalen Hurts, he is a silent assassin. He does his damage when nobody thinks anything of him. He is greater than you could ever imagine. Are the expectations too high for Hertz going into this monumental season? Well, trees don't grow to the sky. They don't. But to whom much is given, much is required. That's very true. And you're only an underdog until you're not. <laughs> so let me just put all those cliches in Give me my opinion. No, I don't think the expectations are too high because he was paid a lot of money. Yeah. Mm. He was given the franchise. He is the face of the franchise. He is the future of the franchise. He is the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Signed. This is your job now. The expectation is deliver. But I say trees don't go to the sky because how much better could you expect him to be? Mm -hmm. A big leap to who? Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes is the only player that was better than him at his position last year. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. You had the second best quarterback in the league in the Philadelphia Eagles last year. So a jump 
So what? He was all pro, Shady. Hard to do. Hard to do. <laughs> he played in the Super Bowl and was one or two plays away from winning the Super Bowl. He was an MVP finalist. Really, probably only lost the MVP because he got injured. Mm-hmm. So when you say a major jump, like how much better could you possibly expect him to be? Which is why I tend to lean towards expectations are unrealistic or too much. Not because he shouldn't have expectations, but realistically, what are you talking about? How much better could he possibly be? Now that said, I expect him to be as good as he was last year. And really, that's what he's being paid to do. He was in the Super Bowl last year. That's really all you can ask. You can't win the Super Bowl unless you get there. And he has the capability of getting there and playing well enough throughout the season to take a team there. Mm. So that's a lot. Yes, he should have expectations. No, the expectations shouldn't be that he's better than Patrick Mahomes. Shady, nobody more equipped to have this conversation than you. Eagles, all-time rushing leader. I say that casually, but it is a monumental deal. You know that organization well. Are the expectations for Hurts too high? No. I think we haven't seen Jalen Hurts hit, get even close to his true potential. Mm to even touch that ceiling. And I say that, let me give you a, a quick story. So in 2019, I went, with, I went to the Chiefs, mm-hmm. right? And before that, Patrick Mahomes got the MVP. Mm-hmm. I seen only highlights. I didn't really watch his game, see highlights, right? So as I start learning the playbook, I'm looking at all the old tapes. I'm like, oh, this guy's good. This guy's talented. Wow, wow, wow. But I seen some, some not flaws, but stuff he get better at. Of course. So then when I practice with him, I'm like, it's so scary how good this dude is. And people think that he's all the way up here. I'm like, yo, he has a little bit more to go. And that sounds crazy. But if you would talk to him, he would talk about different things about stepping up, mm-hmm. taking the gimmies. He's so great yeah. that he has so much even room for growth. That's why I was so scary playing with Patrick Mahomes because I'm like, yo, this guy's going to be the best player we've ever seen. I look at Jalen Hurts and I see similarities because I think Jalen Hurts is a, gr- is a really, really good player, right? He's, he's got better and better and better. And even going this year, I think he's going to be even better because, for one, he has the players around him, yeah. the coaches that believe in him. Two, all that success he had last year, imagine now this year he has a say-so in, a, in his offensive schemes. Because mm-hmm. I think last year he didn't really have a, a, a say-so. He's playing well, let's stick to the, the game plan. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to come in there and, hey, look, coach, I like this better. I feel more comfortable with this. Imagine how much confidence he's going to have going into the, the mm-hmm. offensive huddle where they all believe in you compared mm-hmm. to I had to show y'all to get the respect. I think Jalen Hurst, man, when I really watch him, he can run the ball, he can throw the ball. Now I think a matter of actually going out there, having the confidence from last year to this year, and having a lot of say-so within the offense, what he can do, what he can't do. I think I have a big year. Shady, let me me ask you a question. Um, I love talking ball with you for obvious reasons. To me, what made you... The greatest, well, one of the top three running backs of the decade. Hold on, let me, let me, let me, let me don't, 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 don't go back. Don't go back. <laughs> you said the greatest. You said the greatest. <laughs> to me, what made you so good was your consistency. Yeah. Right? Like, there were guys, Peyton Hillis, mm. great season. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Great season. Cover of Madden. But, like, Peyton Hillis wasn't consistent. He popped off, and then it was like, oh. But, Shady, you were consistent. I believe it's much easier to get to the top of the mountain than stay on the top of the mountain. Mm. Mm. Jalen Hurts is no longer trying to get to the top of the mountain. Now he's staying on top of the mountain. I was talking to a linebacker that Jalen Hurts faced just two weeks ago, and he was saying going into that game, we were like, we dare him to beat us. Mm -hmm. He said, and they beat the brakes off of us. But what does that mean? Y'all might laugh at home. It means this year? No, 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 no. They are prepared to stop Jalen Hurts. When teams finally knew how good LaShawn McCoy was, does it make it that much harder to continue to maintain your level of excellence? It, it makes it a lot harder, I got to be honest. From watching people watching tape on you, seeing what you don't do well, deficiencies, mm. the things you do well, okay, mm. how can we stop them? But even that part, I will focus on how can I be better? Because the same way how 
the other team is scouting me and Jalen Hurts, I'm self-scouting. Damn, I got to do better at this. Oh, I got to do better at this. So you, 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 you practice on that. And we all know that Jalen Hurts, he's a guy that practices hard. He develops well. He gets better and better and better. Another thing I think about, about Jalen Hurts is going to make him better this year is that, like, when he comes into a game, he's the one dictating it on the offense. You see what I'm saying? Like, compared to an offensive play coming into the game, right, compared to now, I have more say-so. Got it. Patrick Mahomes. When I was with the, the, the Chiefs, he had a lot of say-so on what he wanted to do. Yeah. Compared to the year before when he won the MVP, he didn't really say as much, okay, we, we don't want Andy, let's do it. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So now you, it's more than just the, the player. It's like, okay, the player and then, and then the plays that's being called that he loves. Well done. Well said. Slick, take it home. You think the expectations for Jalen Hurts are too high? If its expectations are to repeat what he did last year or to be what he was last year, then I would say no. I can see him doing that for all the reasons that Shady pointed out in terms of who he is and how he works. What troubles me and where I would say, yes, they are too high, is this idea that he's going to become an elite precision quarterback. I think the, the, the hallmarks as a dual threat, he's a good quarterback, he's a great leader. There's a lot of intangibles there. But I don't put him in the category as a, uh, as a passer with Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. And I would say Justin Herbert, but anybody wants to push back and say he hasn't demonstrated that. Because I've never seen that precision that we're talking about, that level. Um, and to Shady's point, like, guys can be good. Like Patrick Mahomes showed flashes of that. He had to tighten up some other things in order to elevate his game. But you knew he had that capability. It was just knowing when and where to use it. That's the part that I feel you're asking too much for Jalen Hurts. He can be a quarterback that takes you to the Super Bowl. I think he can be a quarterback that wins you a Super Bowl. But is he going to be Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow in terms of that guy who throws people open like the next Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? I feel as if he had that capability, we would have seen flashes of it already to this point, and I haven't. Here's what's fascinating. The Eagles don't necessarily need that. If they just get Jalen Hurts from last year. You let that slip? You let that slide? I got to go to break. You can't let that slide. I mean, he did have three passer ratings. He ain't show you no flashes in the Super Bowl. He threw threw A.J. Brown open in the corner. Looks like we're not going to break. How do you address it then? Address it. I was all winning, so he pissed me off with that last line. You you got a little out of line. Hold up, hold up. You don't think he showed you no... Hey, <laughs> he ain't showing no signs or no flashes of, of throwing the ball in the pocket? The Not problem is, you know what it is? It's that he's athletic, right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and he runs the ball and yeah. et cetera. And so to us, that's, that's not exciting. Right, Joe Burrow throws a, a, I'm serious, Joe Burrow doesn't run as well. He throws a, a, a dot, you know what I mean, a dime pass. You, you hyping it up, oh my God. But I can show you clips, if you got time, of Jalen Hurts throwing dimes. Jaylen? I'm not saying that he can't. I'm not saying that he You said flashes. I'm not saying. I haven't seen it consistently enough to believe that it can always be there. That is, that is, that is. I'm offended. Fair. That is more fair because I do recall clearly. Well, anybody can throw. If you're in the NFL, you can throw a dot. You're the third string quarterback and throw. Third string quarterback can throw some dots. I've seen quarterbacks throw for 60 yards and not throw dimes. But those same ones have to I've dimes. seen guys throw dimes for other defense. I, I, here's, here's my thing is, I don't know that Jalen Hurts ever needs to be able to do that. That's what's fascinating, right? It's like, with that. here's what's so, what's so interesting in sports and with quarterbacks and analysis is, we don't say, man, Tom Brady on third and seven, he can't scramble for 10. We're like, mm-hmm. well, you know, like, we yes. don't say, man, like Justin Herbert on third and 12, he just can't pick it up 15 with his feet. But 
for whatever reason with the dual threat quarterbacks, we do inversely say, yeah, man, but I haven't been able to see him throw X, Y, or Z. Yeah. It's as if we still detract from a run a quarterback who can run's ability to pass, yes. but we don't detract from a quarterback who can pass his inability oh, to run. Let's run. talk about it. I, I, I say that all the time. I went to this whole rant about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, never, he can't throw the ball, right? That's what they've said his whole career. Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball. Yes, Lamar Jackson can throw the ball. He can throw it accurately. He just can also run. So we think firstly of them as mobile quarterbacks. Now, we also want quarterbacks to be mobile, but if you're too mobile for some reason, you get penalized for not throwing, but then we want the throwing quarterbacks to be able to pick up yards with their feet. By the way... Hurts had a higher completion percentage than Aaron Rodgers last that, year. That's not where I'm coming from in terms of holding it against any of these guys that they can run. I don't hold it against Patrick Mahomes that he's a mobile quarterback. I, don't, I wouldn't hold it against Russell Wilson, but it's a matter of if you're asking me which, which, which skill is more important in crucial situations, which are you going to lean on more? Yes, if you have the, the ability to get it in certain situations, that's a plus. But more often than not, you're not going to be running for 10 yards in that situation, and you have to make that play. Because I will say, Shady, here's where I am with any mobile quarterback. Here's my biggest truth. Do not be mobile to the detriment of your ability to pass. You feel me? Like, when you think about our former but, teammate, like... Okay, give me, give me, give me an example. Um, Jen Hurts is not in that category. No, exactly. Okay. But I'm saying, like, when I think about, like, Mike Vick, who is one of the most okay. tantalizing quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life, but I don't know that Vic ever had a 30 passing touchdown season. Mm. Lamar Jackson to this point, remember last week I predicted Lamar Jackson would for the first time in his career throw for 4,000 yards. Yeah. Would you believe me if I told you the most yards Lamar has thrown for thus far in his career through five seasons is 3,100? 3,100? Mm. So my issue with mobility has never been mobility in and of itself. I just don't want you to be mobile to the detriment of passing. That's where I draw a line in the sand. I don't think Jalen Hurts is there, but I am fascinated. As great of a season as he had, 22 passing touchdowns. I am excited to see that number grow. I think nowadays you're seeing more mobile quarterbacks throw the ball, right, as if they're throwing quarterbacks mm-hmm. or pocket quarterbacks. Because even like, like you take it for Michael Vick, a lot of Michael Vick's career, right, because he was mobile, they – they did a lot of it of running. They wanted yeah. to run them. They wanted to run Well, Mike. So let's not throw. Let's run it. And I think now we're seeing the quarterback in a different light. Well, damn. Even though he can run the ball extremely well, let's let him throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Like even Lamar Jackson. He, Mike, Lamar Jackson played under Greg Roman. I played for Greg Roman in Buffalo. He don't want to throw the ball. He want to run the ball. And if he has a quarterback, oh my God, he's going to design so many different plays for him to run the ball. So we think about all these mobile quarterbacks. I think that the, the offense of, of play calls are designed for their ability to run the ball because you don't really see that. You don't really see quarterbacks that can go out there and get 10, 12 yards right. on, their, on, on their feet. Correct. But like, like Patrick Mahomes is a mobile quarterback. It just looks different because Pat can get out there. He will, he will run around. He will get first downs. It just looks different. It's not a design play where Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson, those quarterbacks are designed right. plays to run for him. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Right, so the offense makes it looks like, look like Come they on. only run the ball. Yeah. But also, when we talk about the numbers that mobile quarterbacks, dual-threat quarterbacks put up, we, of course, mention the passing touchdowns and the passing yards as if the running touchdowns and the mm-hmm. running yards don't count. Right. So, well, yes, do you have to be able to sit in the pocket now and then and throw downfield and, and get chunk yardage accurately. Yes. 
But all those other running yards and all those other running touchdowns also count for touchdowns. It's six if you run it or if you throw it. Mm-hmm. And not everybody can run it. Yeah, they can't. I'm gonna listen. This is what I'm gonna do this season because we're gonna be here together. I'm gonna cut up plays of Jalen Hurts showing you flashes okay. of dots of dons. <laughs> Bang, boom, touchdown for you. I can't, I can't <laughs> you my boy. I can't wait. Bang, boom, break. Coming up, there's buzz that Kyrie Irving is trying to recruit LeBron James to the Mavericks. Am I reading that right? Would that be a good move for the King? Wow. We got to talk about that next on Speed. I can't believe that. Baseball is back, and so is Slippin' Bats. Five times a week, Monday through Friday. So follow us on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE Trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, family, we got to check in on our social life. This was wild. Okay, a report says Kyrie Irving has reached out to LeBron James in an attempt to see if he would come to Dallas. Remember, Kyrie is a free agent this offseason. 2-5, what'd you make of this when you heard that first, man? I don't, I don't believe it. I, I, this is not true. It can't be true. You want to recruit LeBron James, the king? <laughs> what? No. Bruh. <laughs> Homie. Come to, come to L.A. Yeah. LeBron not going. He's not going to. No, I don't believe that. Yeah, I couldn't make much sense of it, Joy. Like, you're going to try to convince LeBron to go to Dallas, who got one chip with Dirk back in 11. I don't. The math ain't math yeah, for me. Like, well, you know my response. Sources. <laughs> Joy Taylor has reached out to Beyonce <laughs> in attempts to be adopted. Uh, no, this is not happening. I mean, look, it's. I don't. I'm not doubting that this happens. I think Kyrie did talk to LeBron about possibly coming to Dallas, but what's, what's like one reason LeBron would want to mm. come to Dallas? Like what, one, one, just one. One. Taxes. Other than- Taxes, uh, taxes, taxes. Oh, okay, taxes. That's, you know what? that's a great reason, that's actually. That's good. After you spend enough time in LA though, you just, you just assume that half your money has gone to taxes. <laughs> what? So you just, you just get accustomed to the lifestyle. Oh, here's what we know did happen. Yesterday in the finals, Heat, Nuggets, the Heat found a way to get it done. Now, the Nuggets, they had been undefeated at home in the playoffs. Heat said, we do not care. Jimmy Butler in the fourth quarter showed up big. Bam Adebayo gave Vincent throughout the entirety of the game showed up big. Gave Vincent a team high, 23 points. The Heat even up the series. It's now tied one-to-one. All eyes are on this series. The two most important eyes, Joy Taylor's, given that she is not only a Heat fan, but knows this team well. Joy, you surprised at all that the Heat won game two? Can't say that I am. Remember a few days ago, we were talking about, is game one a must-win game? Mm -hmm. And I said, no. Mm. There's two games. If they lose game one, which, if I'm honest, I I kind of expected them to lose game one. I had a little more faith in the Nuggets being a young, rested team, altitude, coming off of game seven. And it went, I didn't think they were going to shoot that badly, but mostly went the way that I thought it would. They won game two. Now... 
you're even going back home to Miami with two games at home. Yeah, that's right. So, no, I'm not surprised that they won. I knew they weren't going to shoot as badly as they shot. Again, they didn't just trip and fall into the NBA Finals. These players that they need to play well played well throughout the postseason and got back to form in game two. I will give them a little slack that maybe a, a long playoff run, a long series against the Celtics, altitude, travel, they had an off night, and now game two is done, and they're back on the way to Miami. Slick, do me a solid. We know that the Heat won. We've talked mm-hmm. about it 30 minutes ago. Yep. I need you to tell me why the Heat won. Like, show me why the Heat won. We texted about it last night privately, yep. but I want you to show the vi- viewer publicly what really happened particularly early in the game. Well, they, they made a number of great adjustments, but they showed tremendous confidence that Max Struess was not going to go oh for whatever again. So right off the bat, they're setting up a play for him. It looks like a stagger screen. KCP wants to blow it up, so he's going to push Gabe Vincent. It's not a stagger screen. It's a slip screen. Got you. And Michael Porter Jr. is not watching him. Max knows that and says, oh, I'm wide open. I missed them all last time. I ain't missing this one. And there's KCP. Hey, we're supposed to switch on screens. And yes. Michael Porter Jr. is like, I never got screened, so I didn't know that I was supposed to switch. Basically challenged the basketball IQ of both K- KCP and Michael Porter Jr. And here we go. Similar thing. We want to get Jamal Murray on Jimmy Butler, all right? So Max Drews, oh, I got Jamal. Let me go over here. But as soon as he gets here, he realizes, no, Jimmy's not looking for the switch. He's looking to get me a shot because he knows I'm hot. So I'm going to roll to the corner. Oh, too late bucket Mm. right there. This is what I love. He sees Gordon's feet, and he knows he's going to have to turn all the way around to chase him to the corner. Jimmy's pretending like Max doesn't even exist. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, I do. Here you go. Nailed that for me. Like and butter, that's baby. how he got started. Ooh. Four threes by a Max Struess who didn't have any buckets in game one. Lit him up in game two, and it got the ball rolling for the Miami Heat. Incredibly well done. Thank you for that. 2-5, were you surprised that the Heat took game two? I wasn't surprised, although I did say that the Heat had to win game one because they've been doing it every series that they won. They've been good in the first game. But, I mean, it's the same thing. As long as you go on there and you steal a game at home, that's all that really matters. That's not what they did. I mean, and all the plays you just showed, that happened all night. Mm-hmm. The miscommunication from the Heat, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, from, from the Nuggets, mm-hmm. was the whole night consistently. You've seen it. Picks, rolls, not going with them, getting open threes. Like, they were confused. And a lot of that was more of the Heat with the movement. Obviously, they were moving so much. Cut, cut back doors, threes, everything. And I think that, that the Heat, they showed that... Um, that grit, that attitude, that underdog. They were attacking on defense from, from, from the start of the game to the end of the game. Yeah. They knocked down threes. They play hard. And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. Slick, I'm going to throw you a curveball. Um, because to me, Eric Spolstra, as much credit as he is getting, is still not getting enough credit. The first four minutes of the first quarter. The first four minutes of any game or half to me, Shady, it's coaching. Okay. We yep. talk about it a ton in football because of the first 15 plays, which we will dissect what exactly that means over the next two months. Talk about it a ton in football. In football, we mentioned the hidden quarter. Mm. First four minutes of a game, first four minutes of a half, last four minutes of a game. Yep. 12 minutes, we talk about that hidden quarter. You could go five, 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 15 minutes, hidden quarter. But in basketball, we don't use that same jargon. Mm. Heat went on a 10-2 run to start the game. First four minutes of the first quarter. First four minutes of the fourth quarter, Heat went on a 17-4 run. Mm -hmm. Halftime, first four minutes, Heat went on a 15-9 run. Eric Spolstra has been brilliant. Not single-handedly, but a huge contributing factor. Do you think that Spolstra's enough? 
I don't because I've, and, and I, I wrote a piece for FoxSports.com on Saturday on the adjustments that I thought they should make or, and expected them to make. He made every single one of them. Uh, I thought he was going to play bigger. He put Kevin Love in the starting lineup. All right, that took away the Aaron Gordon yep. being on Jimmy Butler and switching him on to Gabe Vincent. Completely took that away. Right? Um, at times he had Gabe Vincent guarding Nikola Jokic. He didn't double team Nikola Jokic. He said, "I'm going to try. I'm going. You go ahead and score because the three times that you've scored 40 plus in the playoffs, the Nuggets have lost. Yep, yep. So we don't want you getting everybody involved, and it's not really what." Jokic wants to do. He doesn't want to go for 50. He likes getting everybody involved. So um, there was all sorts of adjustments that he made. All of them worked perfectly. We showed some of those plays, right, where I'm going to get the lowest basketball IQ guys having to make decisions and communicate. Um, But Mike Malone is a good coach, too. And these are smart players and they will make adjustments like same game one against the Lakers when the fourth quarter went crazy and it was like, oh, the Lakers found something. The Nuggets will adjust to this. They can put Kevin in love in pick and rolls. They can do certain things. It still comes down to are your players disciplined? Does your coach know how to have a game plan? And then it comes down to the talent of your players. And I will still hold that the Denver Nuggets overall have the greatest talent. I, I, I know, Joy, that you, uh, you think I'm downplaying what the Miami Heat have done. I have the utmost respect for how they beat each team in every series because they found a way and they've maximized who they are. The reason I don't think they can beat Denver is because I think Denver has the same amount of coaching, and although they haven't showed it in this series mm-hmm. yet, I think they have the same amount of discipline and they have a little more talent. When are you going to write your piece about what Denver needs to do for game That's three? coming up next. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully Mike Malone reads that one. We know Malone's a good coach. We know Spolster's a good coach. But as Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers head coach, oh. well, he no longer has Aaron Rodgers, but he does have Jordan Love. You will be shocked when you hear the praise that Jordan Love is getting. So that begs the question, will the Packers miss Aaron Rodgers this coming season? That's the debate that has to be had. Matt, Joy's boy. Matt LaFleur, that's your boy. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Now, the story of the offseason was of this man, Aaron Rodgers. That's a bad man, y'all. Four-time MVP, but he's no longer in Green Bay. He's in the New York, which means Jordan Love is the new starter and wide receiver Romeo Dobbs of the Packers. He sees no drop-off, saying, quote, Aaron was a really great quarterback, but I believe... Jordan can do the same exact thing. So I don't really see what's the big difference. Y'all might think that's crazy. Let me give y'all a little context. Romeo Dobbs was a rookie last year. So the Aaron Rodgers that Romeo Dobbs happens to know is an Aaron Rodgers that didn't pass for 300 yards. So Romeo Aaron Rodgers that Romeo Dobbs happens to know is an Aaron Rodgers that went 8-9. and nine. The Aaron Rodgers hmm. that Romeo Dobbs happens to know is an Aaron Rodgers that missed the playoffs, losing to division rival Detroit Lions en route to not making the playoffs. Shady. I don't think the Packers will miss Aaron Rodgers this season. After giving us a lot of thought, 
I don't see how you can. Because Aaron Rodgers last season only won eight games. Aaron Rodgers last season didn't throw for 300 yards. 37 quarterbacks in the National Football League last year had at least one 300-yard game. So it's not like the Aaron Rodgers, four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers was present last year. Last year was just a real mundane pedestrian Aaron Rodgers. I know they're not going to miss Aaron Rodgers the person. Y'all know that if y'all been watching sports. Shady, I don't even think they will miss him the talent. Because last year, he did not perform in a talented manner. What say you? Will the Packers miss Rodgers this season? I'm going to say yes. And and everything you talked about was more of of stats, Mm -hmm. right? Talk about the record of the team. You talk about the numbers. I'm going for a different perspective. So I look at Aaron Rodgers as a a, a true vet that can teach players, right? So having a guy like Aaron Rodgers on the field is like having a coach on the field. True. There may be small things that a coach may be not teaching you where Aaron Rodgers can you look at Jordan Love, he's like a rookie all over again. This is his first time actually playing, so there's going to be some times in the game where a wide receiver going to come to him and ask me questions. He's like, ah, uh, let's go see Talk to Matt. Because he won't know. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I'll take you back to even Aaron Rodgers when he first started, when, uh, when, when they let Brett Favre go, he had 4,000 yards. They were like 6-10 and 10 or something like that. They didn't do terrible. 4,000 yards for, for his first year start is pretty good. But my thing is there were small things that he probably didn't know that Brett knew. Even with the offensive lineman, right? He left tackles. He, he's the, the uh, quarterback's best friend. There might be things where the tackle might want him to do with different the snap counts or different plays to set up a, a great defensive end. Mm. It's small things like that that I'm thinking about. I'm not just talking about just the, the numbers and touchdowns and yards. It's going to be small things, I think, that with, with the players and also with some of the coaching. Another thing is, I think, as a coach, when you have a, a veteran out there, you sometimes you let it slide. Okay, Aaron, he got that. Mm-hmm. Right? Jimmy Butler, he got that. He can take care of it. LeBron James, he... Well, now you don't have that quarterback with that experience, with that knowledge. You got to take care of that. Yeah. So I think that was missing for different things than just, you know, touchdowns and yards. Well said, well said. A lot of great insight. Joy, you're hot on Aaron Rodgers as it pertains to your opinion of him. Will the Packers miss Rodgers this season? I think so, yes. Aaron can frustrate me at, at times, but the Packers have annoyed me for a very long time. And... I hated the way that they handled the transition with Aaron to Jordan Love Mm -hmm. because it could have just been a simple phone call. And if you make the phone call, then it's not on you. Mm -hmm. If you communicate where you're coming from and what you're about to do and what your intentions are and why you're doing it, now it's on them how they want to respond. But you didn't do that. You didn't let Aaron know that you were trading up in the first round to take a quarterback. So whatever happens from then on out is on you. You can't act like you handled this properly and then be mad when your first ballot Hall of Famer has an attitude. And I have to say, as someone who has an attitude myself, I never blamed Aaron for how he's handled it. I would have done the exact same thing. And I am a slow kill, as I've said many times. I'm not missing the artery. If you're dead, you are dead, dead. If it's at my hands, there's no question. That one's in the ground. You don't have to worry. I took my time. All right? There's no, there's no mistakes. Don't worry about it. He's a goner. Dead at the scene. Okay? There's no need to worry. I don't know if Aaron's that maniacal, but I know he's petty. Mm-hmm. I know he's petty. Mm. So I think they're going to miss him. Because while Aaron didn't have a great year last year, which you're expecting me to believe is that that same Aaron is going to a Jets team that hasn't won a playoff game in 12 years and is going to make them into Super Bowl contenders. Mm -hmm. So Jordan Love is going to be better than the guy that just went to the Jets and is automatically making them Super Bowl contenders? That math is off to me. 
I'm not saying Jordan Love is in the future, but you will forgive me if I can't envision 40 straight years of first ballot Hall of Famers in Green Bay. I just, I gotta real see fast. it first. Real talk. Real I talk. gotta see it first. I gotta see it first. I reserve the right to watch the Packers this year and see how they are. And while I understand the drama might be out of the building, the drama you created, by the way, is out of the building, you might miss that drama after a while, honey. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It might get boring around oh, here. You know, it's quiet. It's, yeah. it's peaceful, but, you, you know, winning those games, it was a little, it was nice to win those games. It was stressful, but. But here's the problem is it was drama. There was, there was, there's always been a certain amount of drama sure. around Aaron, mm-hmm. right? But there was also a degree of success. Yeah, and high degree. degree. Right. Yeah, high degree. Yeah. And I agree with, uh, with Acho that. I don't think they're going to miss them and miss him in part because of where he set the bar on the way out the door. If they had made the playoffs, even even with a nine and eight record instead of eight and nine, it puts it in a different place. Now it's like, well, okay, if you're moving on to Jordan Love, we we got to make the playoffs because we always did that with Aaron Mm -hmm. and basically said we're done with Aaron. I do think that Aaron is going to be great in New York, but I don't know that he would have been as great if he'd stayed in Green Bay. If he was, and, and Shady, I think you make a great point in terms of that institutional knowledge that he gives you and the yeah. comfort that he gives you. But there's a reason Romeo Dobbs said what he said, right? If he was really, truly understanding of what Aaron Rodgers meant, well, it, it's either he doesn't know anything about what a quarterback does or Aaron wasn't showing that institutional knowledge to guys last year, and it's part of the reason why they were eight and nine, and, and didn't make the playoffs. So I feel like it was time to move on, and Aaron set the bar low enough, and I'm looking at their schedule. I mean, they play the Bears, the Falcons, the Saints, the Lions, and the Raiders coming out of the gate. If you ever wanted to set up a schedule where you Good could say, yeah. hey, we can get some wins early and get everybody behind Jordan Love, you couldn't ask for a better schedule. Joy, for me, the only way for the Packers to miss – Aaron Rodgers is if they only win two games in the division. Say they go two and four and and the Bears are significantly better, the Lions significantly better, the Vikings significantly better. Or, Joy, if they win like five or six games, like six games or less, you'll miss them. Shady, I think about it and I thought about it this morning. If you win seven to ten in the NFL, like, you're okay. You're good. Mm -hmm. You win six or less, you're bad. You win 13 or more, you're great. Mm -hmm. Last year, the Packers, they were okay. They won eight games. They were okay. The Bucs, I think they won like seven games. They, They were okay. Okay. The only way you will miss Aaron Rodgers is if you fall catastrophically from that category of, like, being okay to being bad. Because he only won eight last year. He only threw for – he never threw for 300 last year. Who is he? Aaron. He is him. Aaron. He is a one-namer. So if you miss the playoffs with someone named Aaron Rodgers, we still talk about you. Because mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. Mm. If you miss the playoffs and you win six games with Jordan Love, we're not talking about the Packers. The Packers can drop right off the screen pretty quickly. That, that making it to the NFC Championship games and making it, you know, having a bye and playing in the playoffs, that's, that's why we talk about you because Aaron Rodgers is there. What's exciting about the Green Bay Packers right now if they don't, miss, if they don't make the playoffs? And, and, and to that point, my thing is like, I hear what you're saying. You're talking about this, how the, how the gear goes. Mm-hmm. It's not about the year. It's about, it's about Jordan Love, how he looks. Yeah. Because A-Rod's first year as a starter, 
they were six and ten, mm-hmm. right? But they seen, oh damn, oh we right. got one, yep. yo we got one, yep. and you see what happened in years to come. Where if Jordan Love, they that they they do they they they, they play decent, but he don't really do well, yeah. they lose. Oh, now we gotta find a quarterback. So I think the argument we got to change it. It, okay. it shouldn't just be about the the, the record. It's how the season how, how the season goes and how does Jordan Love look? Mm-hmm. Can Jordan Love Shady win either way? Can he either win by him playing well, even if the season doesn't go well, or can Jordan Love win by the team doing well, even if he doesn't go great? If Jordan Love, I'm going, go, I'm going, I'm going option A. Okay. Right? I agree. What about choice option A? He has to look good because it's all about the future. They might not do. They might not be great this year. You're losing a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to bounce back from that. But if you come in there, he throwing all these picks. He don't look good. So, oh my God! The GMs are like, Yo, what are we gonna do? We gotta go draft another quarterback. We gotta, we gotta do something. So if he's not there balling, then they in trouble. Because look, the Steelers just lost a Hall of Fame quarterback, right. right? Who didn't didn't play so well on, yeah. on the way out, yeah. right? Yeah. Obviously, Aaron is in a different space. I'm not comparing the the level of play to Ben Roethlisberger. Don't get lost in that. But they lost a Hall of Fame quarterback. Right. Kenny Pickett, you know, he's struggled a little bit. Yeah. Kenny Pickett is a rookie. Yeah. Jordan Love is not a rookie. That's right. Jordan Love is not a rookie. Jordan Love has to be good right yeah. now. And because he, he can get paid, too. You're right. Right yeah, now. That's a good point, yeah. Do you, Shady, give grace to somebody who played 12 years in the league? You played with the likes of Mike Vick, Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, Nick Foles, amongst others. Do you? Oh, Josh Allen. Last month, this is Johnson got mad at me, Bob. Come on. Do you give grace to Jordan Love if he was your teammate? Are you okay knowing that though he's not a rookie, he's never been a starter? So as a teammate, how do you treat him? You know, that's a great, that's a great question. Because the the inside, I want to say, yeah, give him a pass. We can't. He's going to what, his fifth year? Sixth fourth. year? Fourth. Fourth year? Maybe fourth. You, 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 how can we? Because you're going to get some of this paper, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like right now, the GMs are, are trying to Calculate, okay, how he plays, what money you gonna give him. You see what I'm saying? And that makes a big issue with the team because now you can't bring in, you know, certain players. So you can't treat him like a rookie. Even though it's his rookie season, you can't do it. Yep. He has to go out there and play, and, and, and you can't give him that, that, hey, man, well, you got next week. No, you don't. We need you to ball now. Phenomenal point. I believe Jordan Love signed a contract maybe about three weeks ago. Yeah, but it's only but like a... It's only a two-year two deal. Year, yeah. So Jordan Love got a whole lot on the line. Well, who else does? The Dallas Cowboys, the team that everybody in all of sports knows about. They made a huge change this offseason. Their head coach will now be calling the plays. That is a monumental deal in the game of football. What will that do for Dak Prescott? Next on Speak. That was a wicked laugh. Not some bull... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, let's head to Dallas for maybe the most intriguing conversation of the day. Dak Prescott, he will have a new play caller this year, but it's a familiar face. Head coach Mike McCarthy, remember, he won a Super Bowl while calling plays for the Green Bay Packers, but he didn't call plays last year for the Cowboys, and Dak threw a career-high 15 interceptions. Now, he said of the change, quote, it's new, it's refreshing. For context, 
A play caller is no small deal. Shady, you can attest to it on the offensive side, but on the defensive side, the play caller dictates the rhythm of the defense mm. or the rhythm of the offense. The play caller dictates whether or not the opposing team will be in balance, will be off balance. The play caller dictates the confidence that players have when they take the field because you got to trust that your coach is going to put you in a position to succeed every time you get in position. So a play caller is no small deal. Do you expect to see an improved Dak Prescott? I expect the turnover issues to diminish. Okay. I don't think that he is going to throw. That's the faith I'm going to give him, Shady. But if you look at his interceptions throughout his career, it's it's actually a little uncharacteristic. He kind of goes back and forth. 2016, four. 2017, he had 13. 2018, he had eight. 2019, he had 11. 2020, he had four. And then the last two years, he had 10 and then 15. So if we're following that trend, then he's, on he's going to continue to throw more. But he has, <laughs> <laughs> he has the capability of having control over the football. Yeah. He can go a season without turning the ball over at the level that he did last year. And he knows it's a problem. We did the press conference last week. You know, I, I got to be better. I got to, you mm-hmm. know, I got to show up. I got to be in the gym. He... He has the capability, and I have the faith in Dak that he's aware that that really, that really cost them this year. Absolutely. And his decision-making in the biggest moments to me is the question that I have with Dak Prescott. But I have some questions about Mike McCarthy's decision-making True. in big moments as well. So it's, it's really going to be a let me wait and see how this looks when it comes to them. I think Dak has a ceiling. But I do think that Dak has the capability of not turning the ball over. That Shady, way. call me crazy. I think Dak Prescott will have the best year of his career this year. I'll Ooh. tell you all the reasons why. Um, Dak Prescott has notes. never thrown for 5,000 yards. I think he will eclipse that mark this year. I think about okay. the explosion of the Cowboys offense. This is the most explosive offense Dak Prescott would have had, if not 2016. But even in 2016, I don't see the Cowboys having what they have now. Mm. Burner and a touchdown machine in CeeDee Lamb. Burner emphasis on that. A burner in Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks has had 6,000-yard seasons with several different quarterbacks. A touchdown machine can home run threat at running back. Haven't had a home run threat at running back since 2018. After that, Zeke really started to have that tread on his leg. So Dak has a burner at the X, a burner at the Z, or in the slot, and he has a burner at running back. But most importantly, 2020, Dak got hurt. Broken leg. 2021 was recovering from the broken leg. Thus, I believe, based upon kinetics and kinesiology, he strained his calf. So he was dealing with that. 2022, Dak had a thumb. When was the last time Dak had an offseason that was clean? Mm. Like this offseason, in my mind, is going to be a clean one. 2020, he's rehabbing. 2021, he's rehabbing. 2022 was relatively clean, but he was rehabbing that 2021 calf strain. Now he's going in waist down healthy. Cardio up, legs, mobility, torque, everything that has to do with the mechanics of throwing the football that doesn't have to do with the shoulder and arm, it should be intact and in place. I think Dak Prescott has the best season of his career, plus Mike McCarthy calling plays. You would think it's an addition. Not sure yet. Shady, what do you think? Expect an approved Dak. That sounded sounded good. You said that very well. No, you did. True. I'm being serious. Um, I'm going to say no. I expect Dak to be who he is. And, and, all, and all these things you talked about, all these different positions, right? And you're right. They did do some great uh, additions. They brought in some good players. Every time I'm out in public and people recognize me, you know, they talk about football, then they talk about the show. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, you heard on the, on the Cowboys. And the first question I ask them. What's that? I say, 
What's the one position you have to pick? The one position that the Cowboys do not go to a Super Bowl or they're not successful. You know what position they say it is? The quarterback. Hmm. The quarterback. So all that stuff you're talking about, the burner this, the burner that, this and that, there, that don't matter. It's the quarterback. And then I look at this year, right? They just lost Kellen Moore. He's a, a hell of a yes, he offensive is. coordinator. Mm-hmm. And then you ask Mike McCarthy to, to, to call plays. Like, oh, that's, just, that's like better. Like we're doing better by now him calling plays. When the whole time Kellen Moore was a, a great coordinator. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, yes, I do see the Cowboys having better pieces. But what's the pieces matter when the main piece is the issue? Yeah. And then to help the main piece. The bar. Is, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm just heating hold on, up. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You said what's the pieces matter when they ain't got the main piece? Come on, Jay. You got you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> I should have stopped right there. You, you, hey, you. Make sure you cut that. That's Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> yeah, all that. All that. So, all that. But, but on a serious note, it's like I get it. And I, and I do. I think the Cowboys will, will have a good year because they always do. Mm-hmm. I think they have the, the talent, right, around Dak. But the, he's, the, he's the main piece. You know, they got better on defense, got better on offense, but he's the main piece. That's hard to follow, Slick. I'm not going to lie. It's hard yeah, to follow. I know. Hey, Slick. Well, maybe I just... Good luck. Just, <laughs> good luck, brother. Shade, I might just have to agree with you. <laughs> no, I, I see him being marginally better because he's another year past that ankle injury. To your point, he's going to be healthier. I think Brandon Cooks does help. Yes, he does. This is what I struggle with, and it gets to the heart of, of, of what Shady was talking about with Kellen Moore. I believe that they're making the move to Mike McCarthy because they're going to make things easier for Dak Prescott. That mm-hmm. something about the game plans that Kellen Moore was presenting, Dak wasn't comfortable with. But it comes down to the decision-making. If the, sk- if the schemes were bad, then I would say, okay, you need to change up because you're not making this work. But it's the decision-making. Mm-hmm. It's the choices that he, make, he made within that offense that broke down. So... You can make it easier and you can make him more comfortable, but is that going to collectively make you better? Mm. Like, he could be more efficient, but it doesn't get the Cowboys any closer to where they want to go. And that's where I think he'll be marginally better because I think he'll be marginally more efficient than he was. But do I think that Dak Prescott is going to take some leap or step and be better? I mean, how long has he been there? Like, how long have we seen him? Are we... When, have, when was the last time we saw a quarterback make some massive transformation at this point in their career? Great point. Phenomenal, phenomenal point. Coming up, it's my most favorite, most favorite. Slick, you're the uh, English major. Most favorite? Yeah. My most favorite conversation of the day. The Chiefs, they're defending champs, but are they a dynasty? Their superstar mm. tight end, Travis Kelsey, he said they are. This is a barbershop conversation. This is a fun conversation, the one you're going to want to watch and talk about. That's next on Speed. Don't want to go with favoritists. (laughs) It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So I've been waiting for this one. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
You gotta love Travis Kelsey. All right, that was Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs at the White House earlier today. Now, they obviously just won the Super Bowl. It is their second in four seasons, and they have been to the AFC Championship game five straight years. Kelsey says Kansas City has been a dynasty for quite a while now. Close quote. When Travis Kelsey talks, I listen. Chiefs have been a dynasty for five for five for years now, he says. Slick, you've covered sports. Yep. Basketball, football, yep. soccer, actually, as well. No baseball are, once upon a time. Little baseball, little baseball. Um, are the Chiefs a dynasty in your mind? A little dodgeball. They're on the yeah, just look. <laughs> They're on the cusp of it. I can't put them in that category yet. We have to maintain a certain amount of standard. Because if we do, if we do, then we're revising some teams that we have not talked about as being dynasties. The late 80s Pistons went to the finals three times. They won back-to-back championships. I've never heard anybody talk about them being a dynasty. Uh, The Miami Heat, four years going to the finals, two titles. We talk about them being a great team. We never talked about it being the Heat dynasty necessarily. Um, San Francisco Giants won three World Series in five years. I haven't heard them talked about dynastically. Houston Astros, three World Series appearances in the last five years, I think, and two World Series wins. Wow. To me, it's, yeah. <laughs> we might have to qualify that, yeah. throw an asterisk <laughs> on there somewhere. I, I just, they're almost there. But to be... A dynasty. To me, it's, it's, it's got to be four or five years. And the fact that theirs is two Super Bowls in four years with two years in between. I understand there's another Super Bowl appearance in there. It feels like they're on the verge of it, but not quite there. Shady, you were a part of the Super Bowl win with the Chiefs. In your mind, are the Chiefs a dynasty? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know what the, the term dynasty really means. Because when I look at the Chiefs, Every year, they're favorite to win a Super Bowl, right? When I look at the dynasty, I look at, okay, before they got into this winning, where were they? Before Andy Reid got there, they were not a good team, not an organization. Andy Reid comes there, he's 64 and 18. That's his stats. You got one of the best players or quarterbacks ever played a game in Patrick Mahomes, and he's still a baby. He's still young. Mm. You got one of the best tight ends that ever played a game. That's part of the dynasty. The last five years, they've been in three Super Bowls. They won two of them. And they're favorite to go back again. So when I look at the dynasty, it's like, what is a dynasty? They're dominating mm-hmm. at a high, high level. And every year, we count the Chiefs to be in there to win a Super Bowl. You know what that is? Every year. You know what that is? What is that? It's a dynasty starter kit. <laughs> I mean, Dynasty somewhere in there, so I'll take that. Bills went to four straight Super Bowls, didn't win one. Didn't win not one. Nobody calls them a dynasty. You have to, in my opinion, they're certainly dynastic. Of course, they're on the cusp. To me, they win one more, and they are truly a dynasty. Mm -hmm. There are certain words we throw around in sports that I think we are way too liberal with. Dynasty is a word that I think should be just a little bit protected. We should keep it in a little box, and we only let it out when it's truly actually been earned. Like, we got really crazy with the GOAT conversation. Oh, the GOAT, the GOAT, the GOAT, the GOAT. There's so many GOATs. Mm. Ah, There are GOATs everywhere. (laughs) Like, who is the GOAT, the greatest of all time? Who is dynastic? When I think of a dynasty, I think of moments in time and space, and it's why the Chiefs are right there. But you got to win those rings, too. And that, to me, is three and then more. Mm. The Steelers of the 70s, four titles. 
the Niners of the 80s, four titles. That's more than two, a lot more. That's dominating a space and time with the championships as well. And, and listen, it's right there. It's not like I'm like, oh, they'll never reach it. I think that they will. I think they are our current dynasty. I think we're in the middle of it, watching it. We, we had the Patriots for 20 years. And that was a long space. And you could argue that maybe it was almost two dynasties yep. because they had so much time in between those championships. But uh, to me, I think you have to win three. And I think, it, like, I think if you don't do three, then like to Slick's point, you got to start introducing way too many other moments in time and space in championship runs that make the conversation very diluted. I, I, I'm with you, Shady. I'm with you. I actually think the Chiefs are a dynasty. And the reason being is I can't compare generations or eras. Wealth today is different than wealth in the 1900s. I think speed today is different than what it means to be fast in the 1990s, 1980s, etc. When you talk about what happened prior to 1994, I believe free agency was entered into the NFL. Hmm. So I think like now there's so much, 93 is when free agency entered. Now there's so much more parity in my yeah. mind, Joy, that I'm like, if you were doing what the Chiefs have done, then you're a dynasty. I look at a dynasty like this. Are you on the throne? And do I have to get through you to win a championship? Or are you winning Let a championship? Let me ask you this. If the Chiefs never make it back to another championship game, another AFC championship game, they never make it back, they never, never win another Super Bowl, will you call this run a dynasty? Never make it back. Don't imagine that they will. Don't guarantee that they will. They never make it back to another AFC championship game. They never win I mean, another Super Bowl. I, I don't technically play the if games, but I guess we'll No, we play. have to because what we're play? talking let's, about. Let's play, no, play, no, no, play. no. Okay, Here's why we have to because he's saying it is right now. Yeah. So right. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, yeah. Look, okay, yeah. like, on this is so, a dynasty. Real quick. Now, you, you brought up the, the Patriots and you brought up the, the, the Niners, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. My thing is like, like the Niners had two quarterbacks within that dynasty period. Montana, that, that, Montana won four. You could say it's two different dynasties. But I'm saying, when you talk about the dynasty of the of Niners, right? You know, I'm talking about this particular time. I'm talking about when they, when they were running things. Mm -hmm. am, I tripping, am I tripping when I'm saying that? When they were running things. Mm -hmm. when, 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 when Montana was running it, and then Steve Young. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. I don't want, you could take Okay, hold on, hold on. So now, and then, and then we talk about the Patriots. I mean, God, my God. First, Tommy was there for what? 20 years, yeah. Okay, six so, so hold on. So six six rings in, in twenty years. If you just check the the, the, the serving size of, of of the Chiefs, every year they're at the top. They're gonna be what five six years mm -hmm. really running. Five straight. Come on, bro. We will revisit on, this conversation on, when we return. Got to pay some bills real quick. But when we return, we will continue to elaborate on if know. the Chiefs are the a dynasty. So sure. The serving size that matters, bro. I think like five years. They never make it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little. Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Slick, you've been itching to get a thought off. What is it? Uh, we're not going to change the definition of dynasty. There is no definition, though. The Kansas City Chiefs. It's your definition. Yeah, but you're suggesting that the model has changed in the modern day, and I think modern day sports have changed, except 
that we have the Astros that have gone to the World Series four times in the last six years and won two World Series, and we got the Warriors who've won cheating, four championships over the last eight Wars years. So it can still be done. Let's it can just be done. let the Kansas City Chiefs do it before we actually call them a dynasty. I mean, he, he, this he is crazy. cooking a little bit. Not cooking, cooking noodles. Yeah, cooking ramen. Cooking those steaks.